To episode 578, I'm pretty sure because I updated it of the League Cast podcast. I'm your host Aiden Frostrockerts, and joining me is Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Hey, happy Tuesday! Nick's not here because he was uh, busy on vacation, being the throat goat, and got sick. <laughs> also, we have a um, let's figure out his exact rank really quick. We have a Masters. 18 LP cap and he's just below it actually right now yeah so. yeah he's not he's not allowed on the show anymore because he's too low rank for us so yeah. next week I'll be off the show too <laughs> it is cool though because I, I kind of sad that Nick's not here is because uh, all three of us are master at the same time for a podcast ever <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think like also even more than that like our like cumulative rank is like the highest it's ever been we're like we yeah. we have all been like masters at the same time, but like you know you being I guess right now you're at like three ten three twenty, three oh nine yeah three oh nine and I'm like at one ten, right and he's like twenty or eighteen I guess you said like yeah, so yeah. we've got we've got a little over uh, right around four twenty LP between us. <laughs> yeah, I also got my Smurf there, so we have another LP as well there. Uh, oh, so much 1. LP. Point. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's been fun. Uh, tell me a little bit about your week, and then I'll do mine after. Uh, before I go into my week, do you want to do a quick rundown of what's on the show this week? Yeah, that's what Nick, uh, Nick That's what Nick does. does. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do that since he's not here. Hey, uh, we've got a quick little bit of League Cast news um, and a little bit of uh, new news where we have some dev thoughts to talk about. We've got a quick read from our friends at NordVPN. Uh, we're going to have a little guaranteed guffaws discussion about uh niece's climb in korea and some of the the discord on reddit and other places about that um we've got competitive league which i don't think we have a whole lot to talk about um i don't know if you saw the video that ls did talking about like fanatics draft but i thought that was a pretty interesting video so maybe we'll chat about that a little bit we've got roundtable and then wrapping it up with mail fight where we have quite a few emails it looks like um, and then at the very end, we're going to go ahead and go through all the patrons that we uh, forgot to do last week. Um, so we're going to read our whole patron list like we normally do on the first show of the month. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do want to introduce our new patrons from this week, which is Finner, Mystic Rune, Martin, and Miscreated NA. And now that that administrative stuff's out of the way, I can tell you about my week. Hell yeah. Uh, I played League of Legends. I got back to Masters. I'm at 110 LP right now. I'm out here throwing flags and dragging <laughs> myself around the rift. Uh, Jarvan is very strong. Uh, he's also obscenely good at just turbo camping bot lane. And it's it's hilarious, but dear God, do I feel bad for these enemy bot laners. <laughs> yeah um i had a game uh i showed it to dan where i we started with um like level one we invaded we get a kill we loop back at like a minute 28 and steal their buff 
Mm-hmm. And then we, and then I gank bottom immediately. We get a kill. I go, no, sorry, no, we invaded, we got a kill. I did my red buff to start, and after my red, I went immediately bottom. We got a kill and a flash. I went back to do two camps, and then we ganked bottom, and then I just wrapped around, and we dove bottom, and then I did their gromp, and then we dove bottom again. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's jungling sometimes, and it was a lot of fun for me, not a lot of fun for them. Um, I also had a game just, I think, yesterday where we were like looking to just place a ward in their jungle our thresh flashed missed hook and then they're draven in all chats like hey jarvin don't come bottom this thresh will just disappoint you i i can't this shit out of bot lane we absolutely bodied them they <laughs> ff'd at 15 with like i think it was like a 30 kill game at 15 minutes uh yeah yeah we had 30 kills in a 15 minute game um and just every time we dove the drave and we just be like disappointed disappointing <laughs> um so yeah that was that was a good time um but outside of that i mean league's really all i've been playing this week i've been playing a little bit of path of champions and Rentera, but that's about it uh we did an escape room this weekend which was fun i'm a big fan of those um but yeah that's that's about it for me what are you been up to uh played a fair bit um this is the most i've ever played at this point like i currently have as many games on my main as i did all of last season um on my main um which is funny because my main ended like 90 points last season and i'm currently 309 points master right now um so that's kind of crazy I, f- I feel like i'm playing well which i i've i mean i think nick thinks it's a little bit cap but like i i honestly think the most important thing is like playing well it makes me enjoy the game I, if i play like shit i just don't want to play uh, it's like the main thing and the fact that i'm like actually like go- at least going even in every single lane i play even if like they're gm players or whatever feels good when i play on my smurf with my friends like i fucking just win every lane and it's not close uh, so I don't know it just feels good so I got my main to 309 master and I got my smurf to master accidentally by the way I, I didn't realize that I win in my master series uh, I dodged six series in a row because I can keep doing with my friends um, and then on the seventh one I forgot to dodge <laughs> um, but that's all right uh, I'm probably gonna like let it decay just so I can keep playing with my friends because fuck man it is not fun to just play solo queue by yourself all the time I don't know how like mm-hmm. some of you guys just do it all the time um I'm a little bit burnt out on my main, even though I'm, like, doing really well. I just don't know how I'm going to keep this up for another four months. <laughs> to- yeah. I, I I definitely, like, I don't find it super difficult, but, like, it's... I guess it's me because, like, I just enjoy, like, even solo quite a bit, but it, it is just so much better when you're, like, playing with somebody or, like, with a whole team. Yeah, it's fun. Oh. It's just fun, like, playing with your friends. Like, fuck, man. I, I had a couple of games on my Smurf where, like, <laughs> somehow I got into, we got into a game, me and Trevor, where the average MMR of the game was, like, 300 points master, and we were both, like, in series to master or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, like, a fucked MMR difference. And then they drafted quad 80. <laughs> um, so we just played uh, Tom Kench full armor top, Graves full armor jungle, Malphite full armor uh, mid, and then we played uh, Vigar Rakan bottom. And they just... I've never seen a fucking 300-point master team draft that poorly. <laughs> yeah it's just the freeze game it is just fun man just fucking just doesn't matter how you play because you just auto win because you have get to all build armor (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah there there are definitely certain games like that and like when you lose those it feels the worst 
especially if it's like because your team didn't realize that that's how you're supposed to play it like mm-hmm. i've had plenty of those games where it's like okay they've got like four full ad characters and then like a utility support that does like 45 magic damage and you're just like cool just everybody buys steel caps and like one or two armor items and you you just win like if i'm orion it's like i'm going steel caps rod of ages and hourglass steel caps are so good since the changes by the way they actually Mm -hmm. feel like meaningfully different like do you know that they fucking reduced camille's q damage the true damage and the 80 part of it the true damage too yeah (laughs) okay that's a little percent oh that's fucking crazy i I think like the the regular one it should the true damage is a little if i mean Camille Q does too much damage anyway, so I'm not really opposed to it, but... Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, I guess I also want to say for, like, the Jarvan thing, because you were saying Jarvan's OP. Dude, I don't know if it's just because, like, Sen is a little weak bitch early, but I had a Jarvan support yesterday, and mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, I wonder how Jarvan's support is. And then level one, he fucking drops flag on her head, and it takes, like, a fifth of her health part. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, it's, like, I think 80 base damage with no AP... So if you go, like, Spell Thief item and, like, Airy or Comet, it's going to yeah. be, like, over 100. It's just, dude, it made me laugh so fucking hard just seeing her level 1 walk into lane get fucking flag dropped on her skull. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, I kind of want to play Jive and support now. It just sounds fun, throwing flags They, they played it into uh, Cho Sana, so maybe that's, like, a decent lane for it. Because, uh, like, he can, like, go in, stop them both. They don't really have escape summoners or, like, escape spells and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like, if they have no flash, they have no way out. Yeah, it's cool though. Um, but yeah, outside of that, um, just just more and more league. Um, tournament is, I guess it's kind of league test news, but like the Golden Below tournament is on Saturday, so please come and check that out on my stream. That's uh, twitch.tv slash leaguegasfrost. It'll be fun. Got eight teams together. I named them all, and then some people have renamed their teams. Um, <laughs> uh, they're all like, uh, like alliteration fucking like the shurima sand warriors or whatever right um darius uh, is dunk masters and then we have the fucking greg bod i'm very excited for that so on saturday it starts at four o'clock so just tune into the stream come support the the players root for your favorites and it'll be fun i think yeah um, uh speaking of tournaments we did also play in clash this weekend hmm. uh, we played only one of the days it I think, like, didn't go terribly. I think all of our games were relatively competitive, obviously. Uh, well, I guess not obvious to our listeners, but we we did not win. Um, and that was a little frustrating, but I, I think Can at least... fucking smashed Laceration's team, though. Yeah, we <laughs> destroyed them. Yeah. Um, and then the other games, like, were close and, and winnable, definitely, but we made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think, like, as a team, at least we're getting better at when things go poorly at least like still trying to find mm-hmm. a way back in um yeah but uh yeah that that happened and then there's more clash next weekend so maybe we'll get a, a redemption arc hell yeah um cool let's jump into the meat of the show then um yeah we've I got guess- some new news yeah, it's the only piece of news. I didn't know they posted this. I didn't see this on Reddit anywhere. Um, but they like did a little preseason dev blog, like how it landed, and they talk about Chemtech Drake, jungle communication tools, and role balance. Overall, it's pretty boring. It pretty well said. Hey, Chemtech Drake added variants. Pog, great jungle um we've had to make way too many changes to it, but we think it's getting more in line. Communication tools, uh, 
overall, not great. Because <laughs> fucking pinging dragon and baron and shit is just fucking a bad system, the objective voting. And then pretty well every single player who didn't start League this season kind of fucks up their pings all the time because of the new ping wheel, I think. Um, and then the yeah, last no, thing I, 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 I balance, all the we'll time. More depth. I'm, I'm pinging the wrong shit constantly because I'm still just trying to use like the base four. Yeah. So I don't know. Like if it, I, my main problem with like the whole preseason thing, and I don't think it's fully their fault because they brought on Freak who made a bunch of changes, but it felt like they did preseason and then nothing, and then the season started and they ma- they've made like four patches of huge changes, which all felt like they mm-hmm. should have been preseason changes. Um, yeah, so that's my I, only main issue. I, I also do think that the pace of balancing since the addition of Freak has been more aggressive. Where, like, they're making bigger changes more often and, like, more dramatically, which I do think is generally good for the game. I just think people aren't used to it still. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, if, if it had always been like this or, like, a year from now, if it keeps up at this pace, I don't think it'll it'll seem as weird. But it's just, like, things get very strong very quickly because of some of these changes. Yeah, um, I guess that kind of like goes into like the whole roll balance thing. They talked about like they've made a lot of changes recently to roll balance. Like obviously, eighty carry was a huge one. Um, like they literally say here to increase the power of bottom lane, which comes at the cost of top lane. <laughs> um, so they they've pretty well talked about it a bunch. Freaks talked about it a lot himself. Um, I'd recommend go listen to his like clips about it. He he pretty well said like eighty carries way too strong is getting nerfed, and you'll see it like in patch notes when we do them next week. Um, they're nerfing. Like Bloodthirster, uh, all the all the AD carry healing runes. Um, they're nerfing Overheal. They're nerfing the what's the Domination Tree healing one. Um, they're nerfing like I Navori. Like they're nerfing everything yeah. man, uh, for AD carries, um, which is like a little bit sad because I I so I do think AD carry is OP, but I do think like there's a huge there's there is some merit to the fact that it is a role that is very much directly balanced on how far you are ahead compared to your opposing AD carry, compared to other roles, right? Like, of course, like, if, if the enemy top laner is more stronger than you, it does feel bad, but it doesn't feel as bad comparatively to the enemy AD carry being half an item or a full item ahead of you, right? And I feel like it's this weird role that's to balance, and I feel like they're going to nerf AD carry, which needs nerfing, but it's going to bring down the enjoyment of the role way more than the power of the role. Yeah, and, and I think that that's one thing that, like, even when the initial changes were made was, like, hey, AD carry's not weak, but we're making it stronger to make it feel better. Um, And so, like, I, I think that it goes both way, where it's, like, hey, we're making it more, like, actually equal, but it's probably going to feel worse regardless of the strength. Um, I, I think there's definitely something to be said about, like, part of why i think 80 carries you know should be very strong i mean like right it is the quintessential like carry Mm -hmm. role carries in the name but it's also like a weird position where like realistically there's gonna be you know seven players constantly fucking with your lane if you're the 80 carry right because you've got like both mid laners both supports both junglers and, like, any permutation of that could absolutely fuck you over or, like, hyper-accelerate you. So, like, even if you are, let's say, you know, significantly better as an AD carry, right? Like, let's say I'm playing in a Diamond 3 lobby 
and or well, let's say Dan, right? You know, GM eighty carry main. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing in like a D three lobby, and he's playing eighty carry. But the enemy team just has like a Smurf support and a Smurf jungler. But he's playing against another, you know, an actual D three eighty carry. Mm-hmm. It's like that that D three eighty carry is going to do more probably yeah, because he just I, gets I, accelerated so much. I've actually talked. We talked it down a fair bit on Discord today, and I'd love to hear his thoughts. Maybe we can get him on the podcast sometime. Um, but he he pretty well said like his main issue is that like, and it, it's like this is obviously an oversimplification of it, but a lot of your power and a lot of what you can do in a game is tied to your support, right? Like, how much mm-hmm. do they do for you early? Um, what support they even fucking picked, right? Like, if you if you get like a fucking shit support, then I I, I don't know how you are equal to the enemy AD carry most of the time, right? Throughout laning. It's not like you can uh, fucking right-click gap them that hard, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. And mm-hmm. the, a lot of it comes from the fact that, like, supports probably just have too much impact a lot of the time coming from, like, the gold. Um, fucking support gold gen, like, we had a fucking large discussion today. I, I think that support gold gen it's fine giving supports gold gen, but it needs to be, like, over a longer period of time. Like, it, it's so fucking weird that, like, supports get accelerated so fast to, like, their first mythic, and then they get no gold for the next 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, I, I agree, and I think, you know, the point you're basically making is, like, it's pretty common to see the support get a mythic before the AD carry, mm-hmm. but then they're finishing their second item around the time the AD carry finishes their third. Yeah, you fucking you end the game support like ninety percent of the time, level thirteen with two and a half items or three and a half items. Like <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's also like the weird situation which like at a high level supports only ever build three items. Right? Because you <laughs> yeah. get you get your gold gen item for three hundred and sixty gold. Or no, four hundred now. You get your, your gold gen item for four hundred. You never get rid of that. You buy your boots for we'll just say a thousand, you know, averaging those costs. And then you get the Vigilant Wardstone for 1100 If, like, you're a good support player, like, that is just always going to be, like, your third or fourth purchase. And so, really, like, you, you get to buy a Mythic and one other item, maybe. Unless, you know, you're playing, like, a, a high-income support who's getting kills, like, let's say, Pike. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Senna, you know, has additional gold income from her souls, right? But, like generally you just get your support item boots like wardstone mythic maybe one other item if game goes a little bit late or if you happen to like pick up some plates or kills and and it feels weird especially because like if you ever do get to like full build on support you, you again you still really only have like three and a half items yeah, I mean it's just weird because like I, I one of the biggest examples that I could like bring up about is like a Mumu. So one of a Mumu supports best items in the game is Ice. Uh, so not for Iceborne, uh, Frozen Heart, right? Mm. But like, here's the issue: a lot of Mumus tend to have a lot of deaths, which even like lowers their income a lot, right? They're on the map less. They're getting like you know you get a couple CS here and there if you're alive or whatever, right? You get more mm-hmm. kills if you're alive for longer. So I, I'll see a Mumu go like boots into mythic, mythic like Evan Shroud, and then they'll start working towards their Frozen Heart man. Dude, the time that they start going for Frozen Heart, the time they finish it is like sometimes like fifteen minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and again, there's like there's not a ton of tools to get more income. I mean, right? Like, you can be pinging Vision for five gold, clearing wards for an extra like twenty five. But even then, like your AD carry and your mid laner and your jungler are all gonna try and snipe the ward from you, or like everyone's pinging it. Like, 
and, and you're, this you're is even in solo queue where there's a lot of kills in competitive yeah. it's even worse right because like mm-hmm. it didn't fucking like four kill games right like a perfect lck game where there's like six kills at 20 minutes or whatever it's like fuck how do you get any gold as support <laughs> yeah and and i think yeah you were talking about like changing up those income items to mm-hmm. um you know give a little bit less early give a little bit more later right where it's like maybe there's a world where the, the quest finishes at or you know you can continue up to like 1500 but yeah, you you, you like, get yeah, like you the first 500 level. like is at level six and then after level six you can get an additional 500 up to level 11 and then like you get an additional 500 like gold pool that you can get up to 16 and then it's done and like uh, yeah, it can upgrade into a legendary <laughs> what I think it's brilliant, by the way, because it gates it as well. Like, the biggest issue is, like, you can't just give them 2,000, right? Because then they farm it all by 10 minutes still, right? But, like, mm-hmm. just making it longer. I think, yeah, like, enabling it every, like, every alt spike or whatever is, like, fucking a good way of doing it. Yeah, and, like, they already do that with the Vigilant Wardstone item, right? Where it's, mm-hmm. like, you have to have a completed support quest and then it upgrades at level 13. Um, I, I also think part of what that'll do is diminish the strength and and it's not super prevalent but i do think it is quite strong of like the roaming support top laner Mm -hmm. where like that's a a big reason of why that works is because you can just go spell thieves jenna top and you can finish a mythic before your lane counterpart even though they got a plate and hit every cs because you're just running around getting assists and like support gold again if you're running around and like you go to bot lane with your jungler and it's four people sharing XP, you're going to cap your support quest and you're not going to be level six because you yeah. weren't in lane and you're sharing XP with three other people. Um, all right. Like that's, that's a way to mitigate that. And I also think that that like mitigates a little bit of like the, the perma roam perma fight style, which, you know, there's going to definitely need to be balanced there. Cause I don't want to strictly like make that bad. I don't want to say, no, you can't play Pike, you can't play Bard, you can't be roaming, because then your support gold quest won't work. But there's also something to be said about, like, okay, yeah, if you are permanently roaming and you're not getting kills, maybe you shouldn't have any gold. Like, Yeah. Right? Like, if you're getting kills, that you get your gold. If you fuck it up, then you don't. (laughs) I do understand, like, I I think this is also one of the hardest things in the game to change, because it's a fucking system-wide change that completely... Like you could fuck the meta by changing something like this completely, right? So I understand why they don't make these changes. I just wish they would try them more often at the beginning of seasons, right? But um. yeah, and and I, I mean I think it's it's a weird one where like obviously the PBA would be a great place to try this, but just I don't know if the if there's enough there. I don't know how many people actually actively play on the PBE, but yeah, it's a it's weird, man. I, I don't know. Either way, like, it's good that they, like, at least are addressing these things. Um, I just think, like, sometimes it's maybe not done the best way. And I can already see... I'm a fucking AD carry hater. I can already see that this change that they're going to make to AD carry, nerfing all their shit, is going Mm -hmm. to be the right change because the role is overpowered. But it's going to have a negative effect on the game overall because it's going to make way more people sad than it is going to balance the game, I guess. Hmm. All right, here's here's another crazy out-of-left-field idea for weird things we can do to support um, i'm not going to go super deep into it but what if as part of the support quest there you know like you have your standard gold income mm-hmm. but what if they just added like a second like support currency that you could only use to purchase like control wards right <laughs> yeah. where it's like every every time you like you you hit your relic shield or like you proc your spell thieves you get like 
five ward coins. So like when you go back, you're not spending your actual gold on a control ward and you can still get some items. I think it's cool. Um, I, don't, I, think, I don't know if it would work. <laughs> I do think watching the LCK is so fucking funny, though, with, like, <laughs> the, the whole the current thing is, like, a lot of people think LCK supports are, other than carry, are fucking interest because they build 25 control wards in a game, and it's, like, mm-hmm. you, you just delay it. You never get an item, right, is, like, the whole idea, right? Um, yeah. The fucking clip last week of fucking Barrel, dude, Um, they their nexus is being hit, Colton. And he fucking runs to base, builds two control wards, and runs out. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, it's like, it's just ingrained in them, right? But it's like, I don't think, like, they have adapted yet to the power of, like, hey, you need to hit your fucking mandate spike at, like, 10 minutes, or you're going to get fucking outscaled. Um, yeah. But I don't and know. I, I, I was even talking to Nick about this, because I think Nick even builds, like, too many control wards. It, it, it Definitely on Enchanters, it's easier to build, but, like... Fuck, Nick, Nick has games where he builds 16 control words, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. that's a lot of fucking gold. What, 16 times 75 is, what, like, um, 1,200. That's, yeah, that's a lot gold. of gold, dude. Yeah, and I think that, like, right, there's there's an argument to be made of, like, okay, well, if I place my control word properly, I'm going to clear a ward, which I get 30 mm-hmm. of it back. And then, like, okay, maybe the vision is worth more um yeah it, right where it's like okay this control ward enabled a dive where we got a double kill so that 75 gold netted me plus 500 gold that's not yeah. always the case and a lot of times it's just like i place a control ward in a bush i don't clear anything and it gets cleared four seconds later because we don't have prio yeah i'm definitely uh, a control ward hater but I, I definitely think that the majority of players like i'm talking up to like grandmaster challenger even fucking build too many control wards and just place them poorly is like the biggest issue mm-hmm. yeah but. and i think one of the biggest things i see with that is like primarily th- through the lens of bot side is like placing control wards that you can't defend yeah. right where it's like if you're let's say let's say you're kate lux right you can place a control ward in your tri brush and in the bush like behind your lane and those two wards are going to stay up the entire game Mm-hmm. And you can just never get ganked from those two angles. Like, and if you have like your jungle nearby, same thing. Um, or I had like a game recently when I was again jungling and camping the shit out of bot lane, where it's like we had a ward in river in try and in their try control wards, <laughs> and all three of those sat there for like eight minutes because I never left bottom. And anytime they tried to clear a ward, I was there jumping on their head. Yeah. Um, but that's not how most games go. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely it's just it's just weird that it's like not an optimized part of the game. Like, there's definitely mm-hmm. been metas where like that's an optimized part. Like, like building a bunch is always good, but it definitely feels like yeah. it's obviously not right now, and people still act like it is. Yeah, and no, right, like again, there's there, you could do like that weird support coins thing, or it could even be like after at like at every 250 gold spike, the next time you recall, it just gives you a control ward for free. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, it's like, like I, I based at 300. In... Boom! I just get a control ward the next time I base. Yeah, I like I like a lot. There's a lot of cool ways that you can inflate support income without just making them have a shitload of gold for no reason. Yeah, because right? because what we don't want is like the Heimerdinger to be able to hit two items faster than the AD <laughs> carry. Because like fuck that shit, or like the Lux support or like the brand support. But what I do want is like if I'm playing Sona and it's like okay, I can get my Shirelius, but I really do need to finish a second item to really hit my spike. Like, do I just never purchase a single ward and kind of screw my team over? Or do I just, like, keep shooting myself in the foot by trying to buy control wards? Yeah. Like a, yeah. 
you definitely have to have the watch for spice is like the biggest thing for sure but it's easier mm-hmm. said than done because fucking people even at like the top level still do this so it's oh, yeah, more of a yeah, rant that's... topic than anything but mm-hmm. um but hey. i guess like the only other thing it's kind of related is colton but like it's kind of related to the whole like um bot lane pressure 80 carry meta did you watch the um bds versus um fuck who'd they play bds versus xl game no trevor was telling me that you made him watch and that it was a banger of a game yeah so like the idea is really cool it it wasn't executed properly and it actually ended up like people are like making jokes about it but like the idea is really fucking sick so they played um scion on um bds team right and they went mm. for this thing where they invade so they're a uh, red side um so scion just comes down like at level one and they uh him and his jungler do the enemy raptors red and then krugs right so scion's mm-hmm. like literally opposite corner of the map of where he should be he should be top lane but he's bottom like left side of the map and yeah. then they level two dive bottom well what they, they go for a level two dive and then pull the enemy tops teleport and it's like holy fuck that's a brilliant strategy because then scion just gets to tp top and then he the enemy top laner has to fucking recall walk yeah like he, he recovers top. everything he just lost in lane or a lot yeah, of it um yeah. what actually happened is that science tp gets canceled and he dies um mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the idea is so fucking brilliant it ended up being like gragas was fucking level two to level seven at one point or level seven to level two um mm-hmm. on the scion um but and then they won so people were like oh top week or, or top week uh it doesn't fucking matter if you're level two <laughs> down five levels or whatever but the whole point that i'm trying to make is that I think it's in tank v tank matchups. It's so fucking crazy. Who gives a shit, man? If Greg is up forty farm, up thirty farm on you. If you get bought ahead, it's so fucking valuable. It's way more yeah, valuable than being and, up thirty farm in a tank v tank matchup. Yeah, especially yeah, right. Because in those tank v tank matchups, like even if you are super ahead, like if I'm playing well, you're not killing me. Yeah, and like I just might have to concede some CS, and so I've. I've seen a lot of that actually, not not exactly that strategy, but from Scion players where what they'll do is they'll just like sit in the furthest forward bush bot lane at level one and like wait for them to be in lane, like hit two minions and then you just full charge Q, kill one or two of their bottom laners and then you just like TP top to catch the first wave that got pushed in. And yeah, there's like, lots of goofy strategies <laughs> like that. I, I know yeah. on a ch- champion's Q, um, I don't know if they ended up doing it, but there was like a petition to ban Warwick top from Champions Q um, because <laughs> players would do this thing where instead of going to like their top lane level one, they would just go to the enemy's jungler and just fight them. <laughs> and they'd kill them because they're fucking Warwick, right? Like, yeah. And it's like, man, there's so much cringe shit that you can do in the game that like no one does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of a little bit off topic, but uh, that was that was a good discussion. Hey, um, Nick's Nick's not here. We can go on whatever tangents we want and talk about anything. Hell yeah! Cool. Want to talk about Nord? Is that one of the oh, things we want to talk about? True, that is a thing we can talk about. Hey, you guys know him. You love him. It's our friends over at NordVPN. And if you go to NordVPN.com forward slash Leadcast, you can get a huge discount on a NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. Uh, all of that comes completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. If you don't know Nord, they're a really great service provider that offers you VPN services, cloud storage, password storage, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, you can, you know, hide your IP in physical location from little little sneaky snoopers on the web. You can pretend to be in a different country so you can watch content that's not available in your country. You can do all sorts of great stuff. Uh, and again, it's super easy to get NordVPN, super easy to set up and connect wherever you want to be. 
super fast. They've got servers in countries all over the world. They got tons of servers, super fast. And again, all of that is available to you for a great price by going to nordvpn.com forward slash leadcast where you'll get a huge discount on your plan, a bonus gift, and all of that is completely risk-free, like I said, with the money-back guarantee. Check it out one more time, nordvpn.com forward slash leadcast. Awesome. Nice. Um, want to talk a little bit about Nice really quick? I, like, I know it's not like a super long discussion, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> I'd rather talk about my nephew, actually. <laughs> but uh, really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, Nice hit Masters tier on his new account in Korea. That's yeah. about all I know. Yeah, so, so you're going to have to tell me more. Yeah, I'll give you the rundown. So, like, uh, Nice uh, obviously went to Korea to hit Challenger, uh, like, I don't know six months ago or he's playing on the china super server for a while i think he like was playing in plat like maybe like a little bit diamond um um and then he switched to korea because i think he, i think he might live there now actually, i actually have no idea uh, but anyways he played on this one account for a long time in the preseason he played 500 games on it um and was stuck plat two by the time he abandoned that account um switching between mid jungle top playing like a hundred characters um just that's not like, nice. that's me yeah um and then he eventually decided hey this account's cursed uh like (laughs) we've had listeners do stuff like this i can't climb on this account i'm gonna make a new one uh and he did make a new one and he hit masters here with a 64 percent win rate over 150 games um and it's interesting i i think that there's a lot of discussion to be had here um the biggest thing uh, is because i think both sides are completely fucking trying to argue this shit in bad light. It's so weird. Like I'm a, I'm a, I, I think Nice is a not a good person for the League of Legends scene. Um, but it's so weird fucking seeing people like a try to discredit him. They're like, oh, it's because he he's a new account and he has new account MMR, and it's like that's the only reason he did it. He's never gonna stay there. That that's fucking whack. And there's all the people mm-hmm. like arguing like on his side that's like. I, 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 there's a stream that I watch I really really like but his tweet was we live in a world that needs to legitimately hit master in Korea 100% solo without doing Inter- interestingly on the same ser- server LS is currently D1 with over double the amount of games curious to hear people's thoughts on this also interesting this is what Ellis had to say and it's like a uh, podcast that Ellis is talking about like how Nice is hard stuck and it's kind of funny that he's like probably going to be back to plat or whatever soon and it's like what a fucking bad faith argument like I, I, I like LS but like Ellis was almost like like two games away from gm like last week and he lost down to like d1 or whatever right and nice also just had another account that had 500 games <laughs> like yeah I, it's just so weird it feel, and it also feels weird that people like are who were like trying to discredit him like oh it's a new account mmr no the fucking reality is the guy could have done it on his other account he just fucking played 100 different characters on his other account in this account he's played like five and yeah he, like he switched he... back to only playing top he switched back to only playing trendamir like and he's playing well <laughs> yeah like he he absolutely earned master tier like anyone who tries to make an argument that's like new account mmr uh he just lucked into it it's like no okay he earned master tier whether he maintain it we're yet to see that you know could he have done it on the other account likely i i think again there is a point where it's easier to do it on a fresh account where it's like he fucked his mmr by playing 500 games in platinum right yeah right like he would have to maintain that 64 percent win rate over probably 200 300 games to hit master on the other account that being said, like you, you can still do it, um, whether or not it's easier on the new account. But again, it's just like okay, even if it's a little easier to do it on the new accounts, like anybody can do a new account and then climb to master. No, not anyone can do that. Master players can do that, or people also who think are that, at least at their best at you know playing at that level. I also think that if he went and played on his other account right now, he would 
be able to climb he just because he got past his mental block right like obviously mm-hmm. he had some sort of fucking mental hurdle that was holding him in platinum too <laughs> like yeah I, um, I also think that this is a, a really good like case study for people not that i am like a huge fan of him but like that sometimes it is just a mental block where it's like mm-hmm. you know maybe yeah may, go ahead try and try it on another account because maybe that's the thing and like your mental state and your perspective on the game does significantly matter and I think that, you know, obviously the champion pool and sticking to, like, one primary lane makes a massive difference, but his attitude around it makes an even bigger difference. But, like, people will will flame each other and be like, oh, you're hard-stuck, Diamond 4, 600 games. And it's like, hey, maybe if you put that person on a fresh account, they'd be D1 in a week. Maybe not, yeah. but, like, you just don't know. <laughs> it's just so weird, because, like, like don't get me wrong i still don't like the guy i think he still overall is a net negative for the scene i think the mm-hmm. way that he's even going about hitting master is weird right he's like back to he he stopped using twitter got his like assistant to use twitter for him and post all of his clips and stuff he started using it and now just like shit talking people in replies and stuff he's like fucking i'm better than you I, i'm 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 like cringe shit like uh my i i make way more than you'll ever make playing the game that you love like just like fucking tweeting at like random 14 year olds right just weird shit Mm -hmm. Um, also i think he very much is perpetuating the narrative of like that account was cursed there's no way i could have hit master tier on that um the game was holding me down i was in losers queue all that shit that's like the stuff that i think super negative about it that being said the guy still fucking hit master tier like i i just i just think it's so weird that people have such bad faith arguments like just because they don't like someone <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree and right like i i'm not like a, a nice fanboy i I'm, I'm in the camp kind of with you where it's like i i think that a lot of what he has said and done has negatively impacted the community and like he has perpetuated bad faith arguments that exist on both sides, but I think he you know has definitely perpetuated them. But it's like he, there are, are certain things to argue about, but like he, right, this is not one of them. It's like he hit masters. That's end of story. That's you know that's what happened. Um, yeah. There, there's not really any argument to be made there. Um, again, you can argue about whether you think he'll keep it. You can argue about, you know, whether he could have done it on the other account and whether or not you think Loser's Q exists, uh, which, again, I, I think is kind of nonsense to, to think that that idea is, is true. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you take any, like, a high-level player and give them that account, right? Like, if he if he gave that account to Chovy tomorrow, like, <laughs> <laughs> no way Chovy's not GM in two weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Right? The just... account's not cursed. <laughs> I just think it's such a bad thing to, like, perpetuate stuff like that. Like, I mean, he probably believes it. So, like, at least it's not, like, at least I don't think he's doing it bad. I don't think he's, like, purposely telling people that, like, Loser's Q exists and that account was cursed uh, because it makes him sound better. I think he probably does believe it when he plays 500 games. Um, But it's just, like, those things are obviously just not true. (laughs) Um, And I just just think it's, like, super shitty, man. I definitely think there's a lot of people who will just believe you and parrot things you say. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I don't but know. I mean, I, hey, it's just, who, it's sad. who are we to say? Like, he makes more money than us, and he has more views than us. So, therefore, yeah, he's a better. He makes more money playing the game. <laughs> he's a better, smarter, cooler, more attractive player than I'll ever be. So, I do think it's super cringe for like a thirty-something-year-old to be fucking flaming fourteen-year-olds on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, especially like, <laughs> I, I, I can see it a little bit when he like flames content creators who are like trying to make a like yeah if he flames like a league coach who's like a career coach and he's like hey like my coaching is worth more than yours and i make more than you like 
I, I am a more successful coach. Like that's an argument to be made, but it's like, you're flaming. Like, let's even go like, like a 22 year old student who's like in university working a retail job. Like I make more money than you do. It's like, yeah, no shit you do. Like, <laughs> so weird, man. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. It's just gross. But uh, either way, like, I think it's, I think it's good that he did it. I would, lo- I hope um, broken by concept makes a video. Cause they've made two videos, like watching his games. I would love to see mm-hmm. them do another spotlight on his games and see like how he's improved. Cause I think they're very good at analyzing stuff like that. Um, Cause obviously, I mean, the, Easy, easy to anal- uh, analysis in the game is the fact they went from playing 100 characters down to three. He played three over 150 games. He played Hecarim, Fiora, and Trindamir. And Hecarim was like when he gets autofilled jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just so fucking obvious that like the thing that changed is his mental about the game. <laughs> yeah, but either way, uh, cool. I just think it's super shitty that people argue in bad faith. Uh, dude mm-hmm. is a little bit crazy, but he actually is a master tier player. So. Yeah, and again, hey, maybe he'll keep up 64% win rate. Maybe he'll hit GM. Who knows? But, like, again, there's there's a point to the argument. It's like, we know at least that he's at least a master's tier player, right? Yeah. There's sure. there's no arguing that, regardless and of if this isn't us sucking up Denise, by the way. Like, I think everything he's done is still wrong. Like, he's still uh-huh. lying about hitting Challenger and then faking a screenshot about hitting Challenger. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, a super cringe, but, like. For sure, was, yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Anyways, I that's probably enough. I don't I don't want to fucking bash on him like you No, know. yeah, but again, there's there's definitely like there's a line to be drawn about whether or not you like a person, whether it be a league personality, uh, a musical performer, you know, a a politician or whatever like what they do in their personal life versus like what they have done. Right? Like Reggie, I think is a good example, right? Like yeah. I think a lot of people don't like Reggie for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Was he a a very good mid laner for a time who did a lot of good things for the league of Legends scene. Yes. Those yeah. can both exist. Yeah. I don't know. It's just people, people are too attached to people. I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's a, yeah. hey, I don't, yeah. I don't lose sleep over Nice and what he's doing in Korea. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyways, let's want to move on to the round table question or the round table section. Um, I guess, uh, so I, I asked you this in the intro, but I don't think I had an answer. Did you see the video that LS had talking about, like, draft? I did, yeah. He also had one on Team Liquid's draft as well. Uh, okay, I didn't watch video. that one. Maybe we save that for another show where you, like, talk about draft. Because I, I, there's a guest I wanted to reach out to talk to. Maybe we do, like, a little special episode where we talk a lot about draft in depth. Yeah, the only thing, like, the, uh, I haven't, like, really paid attention too much to the exact things he said there, but I do think, like, the uh, thing that he's been saying for a long time that I've agreed with, I've said it a million times, is that I do think pros on on the whole are lazy with regards to picking up new characters and picking up, like, counters and stuff. They're very easy to go back to the thing they're comfortable with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it, the fucking, like, look at NAC, NACL, like, as a, an example, right? Like, those players play comfort shit. You can play, like, there's probably 125 characters that you can play in League of Legends per- competitive right now, right? And we see, I don't know, 30 in, like, LCS, you know what I mean? <laughs> we see, like, the same 30 in Korea, and it's, like, it's pretty fucking obvious that you can play other things, right? Like, we're starting to see it a little bit. Like, we saw someday play Garen. Um, Garen's been paid, played a lot in NACL, mostly by Moose Hater. And it's, like, there's obviously characters that can just be played, but fucking people won't pick them up. Obviously, there's, like, a lot of pressure, and, like, you can't just lose games playing random shit, but you can obviously yeah. practice them. Fucking all the pros, every single fucking mid lane pro picked up a soul like, the week he came out. It's not, like, why yeah. don't they pick up 
like for example, Bolulu is a Velkaz one trick. He didn't do very well at Velkaz, and Velkaz looked like he isn't good enough to be played in pro. But if he was, how many fucking pros pick up Velkaz next week? Mm-hmm. Like zero. <laughs> like yeah, and I, I think. It's really tough because, like, obviously we don't have deep insight into these players or the orgs, but, like, I think even, like, the idea that it's because they're lazy isn't necessarily it, right? That's, a, like, that's, a, super, that's a stupid way of me saying it, I, but you, right, where you know like, what I mean? Like, the, the time's they, not being they, put they, in for stuff like that. Mm-hmm, yeah, but it's, like, I think a lot of that is also, like, up to the coaching staff and the drafting mm-hmm. staff where it's, like, th- part of the reason that this isn't happening is because their coach isn't telling them, go play 15 games of garen top i don't care if you like him i don't care if you want to play him go play the games learn the character right and like they're gonna do that when like aurelian soul comes out and and the players are probably gonna practice that anyway but like they're gonna continue practicing and playing what they know and part of it is also like they're not gonna be drafting these weird things like even if they do practice that weird shit a lot of times they're not gonna draft and it's like okay that's wasted effort and then there's also just like that huge, like quick gut reaction that any alternate pick always gets. It's like if you don't go twenty and zero the first time you pull out a weird pick, everyone's gonna say it's shit and you were stupid for trying it. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, oh my god, you played Ivern mid. You're so dumb. You're bad at the yeah. game and you're bad for even thinking that that's good. It's like really, like give it a chance at least. Like, you have no sample size to actually say whether it's good or not. Yeah, and I do want to say, like, I know there are people who do, like, try stuff. I think Korea, for example, I think Korea is, like, one of the most boring regions to watch because the picks are always the same. That being said, the I saw, like, once again, this is my, like, sample size. I haven't, like, actually looked into this for every region. Maybe every region does this, right? But I saw, like, a tweet by some Korean analyst, right, where, like, Blitzcrank got picked in Korea. I can't remember who played it. Like, someone played Blitzcrank, right? And then immediately after the games for the day every single fucking korean support is just tr- spamming blitzcrank and solo queue trying to figure out if it's worth playing and it's like that's fucking cool to see like i, I don't know if that's happening in na i would doubt it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean but like at least like people are trying it. the picks never fucking change in korea but like at least people like try it and then figure it out and figure out what to play into it because my i talked about this i think literally last week of um in na challenger last week or last year uh malice was playing uh the jungler of cloud nine academy right um and he he played evelyn he played hecarim he played udir he played karthus um he fucking smashed with all those characters they're all traditional solo queue stomp characters guess what fucking happened no one picked up a single one of those characters. They just banned all four of those characters versus him every single fucking game. And it's like, that's so sad to see, man. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so fucking sad. Yeah, I, I agreed. I don't know. I, I would love a game where, like, fucking 125 characters are, like, viable picks and people play them. Like, I mean, I think that they are. Like, I, think I mean, they that that's, are. I just that's, that's don't the think it happens. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it doesn't happen. Right? Because, like, I, I think that you could see so many more picks and and again like maybe they're situational maybe it's like a like very fringe counter pick or it's like super good into this comp here um but like again and obviously it is difficult at the highest highest level of play to like have a champion pool that's 25 characters deep so that when they decide like hey you know it'd be so good here what if you played nico mid and it's like what (laughs) I haven't played Nico in three years. <laughs> yeah, and for sure, like I, I do get that. Um, 
it's just it's just the perfect world is like it sounds so fucking sweet (laughs) yeah it it does sound like very very cool to see yeah fuck there was one more thing i wanted to bring up shit what was it oh no i'm I'm gonna miss it fuck it was good too shit (laughs) (laughs) well i mean to cover some of the other points of like the video at least the one that i watched Mm -hmm. where he was kind of like really dogging on fanatics draft of like it it didn't have a clear identity the the champions didn't like synergize with each other or like react well to the other team and i think you know you you kind of went into part of that might be that the players are not willing to or haven't practiced other stuff so that like when mm-hmm. a wrench gets thrown they can react to it properly but like I, man I, I wish draft was like crazy you're just like oh my god like they they just picked that what yeah I don't know. It's like, yeah, I saw that part of the. I didn't like watch the entire video, but it was like the whole idea of like, hey, like vitality. I think it was they're playing against vitality in that draft, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um, vitality had the most fucking obvious idea of what the components do. They played. They picked Gragas, like Zaya or something like that. It's like that is those are peel characters. Those are very obviously in every essence of their being peel characters, right? And then fucking Fnatic picks, like, a bunch of, like, hard gauge. Then their last picks are, like, control. And it's, like, none of it fucking makes sense. And it's, like, at the very least, you can understand, like, what drafts are trying to do. And you can, like, play rock, paper, scissors of it, right? But they didn't even try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. I don't know. The game is so fucking interesting to me. I just think that it, it could be so much more. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, good discussion. Do you want to talk about roundtable really quick? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. What shape is it? It is round this week. That's not a shape. Do That's a property. Well, I don't know what shape it is. I just know it is a, a round shape, though. Oh, okay, it's a rounded shape. So it could be like yeah. a square with rounded edges, or it could mm-hmm. be an oval. Even be a circle. Yeah, no yeah. sharp edges. Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> so last week's question was: You're in charge of riots, uh, champion release team. What changes are you making to the greater scale of champion releases for upcoming seasons? From our Twitter, Randy said, reduce the amount of new champions, upping the amount of champion gameplay and visual updates. Trogas, Garner, Nocturne, Shivana all got to stop looking like they uh, do and do things better. Um, from our Discord, actual Yordle said, slow down a lot, uh, slow down a lot. Two new champs a year, one rework, a lot of focusing on bugs and visual uh, gameplay updates. Impregnator Gragas said, if it's a complex slash hard champion, give them an inbuilt flash ability. If they're easy to play straightforward, don't. I <laughs> like that idea of like easy characters should be bad. Good characters should be, or hard characters should be good. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, uh, site said every year we have to make one new complex character, one new beginner friendly champion in a full rework. Most resources should be on the balance team anyways. Um, I, I actually think that's like brilliant, by the way. Like I don't agree with site on a lot of things, um, but like I do think the idea of like every year having at least one mechanically difficult character in design and one very mechanically beginner friendly character is actually just brilliant <laughs> but yeah no I, I like that and i also like i i don't agree as as a general statement that like harder characters should be better yeah, yeah but i do think it is perfectly fine for easy characters to exist and that they shouldn't be the best mm-hmm. like i i don't think that necessarily the hardest character should be the best character but the easiest character should not be the best character. Yeah, like Yumi right now um, mm-hmm. is, I wouldn't call her the best, but she's approaching probably the best enchanter right now, and she definitely is the easiest to play. Like, Yeah, right, like, and, and I, I like the world where there's, like, easy picks available that are good enough, but, like, uh, you know, not better, where it's like, okay, yeah, there should be some skill expression in the game, and, like, 
maybe you shouldn't be able to play Yumi at like the challenger level, but mm-hmm. like past that, it's like every character should you like you should be able to hit like Master Jan playing any character. There's you know only at the highest highest level of play should you be like okay like maybe this character is so easy and has like such basic play patterns that they just shouldn't be good at that level because they're so telegraphed or like easy to react to. Yeah. And it sounds like Riot overall agrees with that, right? It sounds like mm-hmm. they don't want you to be played at all at pro, like 0% pick rate. Uh, I think she will be based on her current rework, but like mm-hmm. it's cool that they at least have that shared mindset of like these beginner characters really shouldn't be in the hands of pros, right? If they're in the hands of pros, there's issues, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Um, this week's ground type of question though is uh, pitch a new game for Riot Forge using League of Legends IP. This is a little bit hard for us to come up with on the spot, but <laughs> yeah. So I saw this question and like my first thought went to basically like Hades, but with Echo, because yeah. I think Echo fits the roguelike theme perfectly, right? Where it's just like you go and you go and you go and like you're about to die and you reset the timeline, and like you yeah. go and you go and you go again. But like they already have like the Echo platformer coming, and so you can't make everything just echo reset mechanic as much as i am like a, a roguelike stand um, yeah i mean i think bulldoze would like a roguelike game i i th- there's this yeah. current rumor and i don't know how true it is that riot doesn't want to make any like of the riot forge games as like a like there's no end to it right like roguelike type games like multiplayer games um because they want like their main games like valorant league of legends wild rift whatever to be like that to fill that hole right fill that like never-ending games as a maybe not case as a service but like you know what i mean like this i, I don't know what the term is <laughs> you know what I mean? like a game that doesn't have an end to it right yeah um, and yeah. i hope that's not the case because i fucking want a rogue like league of legends game but i i would understand if that was what they were thinking <laughs> yeah and i i do think that like a multiplayer game that never ends is very different to me than a single player game that never ends because like those single player games that never end only go as long as they can keep your attention Hmm. and like unless it's a really really good game it's probably not going to keep your attention for that long and and even if it is a really really good game it's not going to keep your attention forever like as much as i love you know so many roguelikes that i've played you eventually kind of get done with them or you know stop playing them a lot yeah you know and then like if you compare the number of hours to league right which is just like so much more replayability it's like yeah it's it's not even remotely close Mm -hmm. um so back to the the question at hand pitch a new game for riot forge using league of legends ip um i could see like an ezreal like almost rhythm game where like or like even bullet hell i guess could work where you're just like moving around a lot like using a bunch of abilities like dodging um you could also do him even as like a platformer like doing you know raiding tombs and shit uh, you know I, I think that like he's a he's a fast-paced interesting character that you can easily add or change things but like still have his, his identity work yeah yeah no that'd be uh, really cool I, I definitely want a roguelike that's you've you've, you've convinced me there <laughs> but mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to figure out. Like, I'm trying to think about like other game, like games that I really enjoy. But the other, um, the other thought I had, and again, basically, I'm just like talking games that I like and slapping a League of Legends skin yeah. on it. But and that's like not good game design, but it is good at making money. If Riot went that route, would be to make like a, um, like Civilization esque game when you could be like 
I'm going to play Shirima. I'm going to play Freljord. I'm going to play Noxus. And do yeah. like, you know, you could have different units and like you could you could even include the champions as like special units or you could be like, I'm playing the Azir campaign and we have to bring Sharima back to greatness. <laughs> Make Sharima great again. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, no, like I, I would love um like I mean the reality is like if they made any type of game with like Legends, I'll try it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it doesn't really fucking matter, right? Um yeah. I'm so excited for Project L. That's the fighting game, right? Um, yeah. I I'm fucking so excited for that. Also excited for Tekken 8, dude. Tekken 8 looks so fucking good, by the way. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about it, but I'm sure. Oh, they've been releasing daily character like trailers and stuff, like <laughs> gameplay things. It looks so good, man. <laughs> oh, but anyways, right, uh, so people, that was, what do they do with their answers? They can send us to uh, send them to us on Twitter at leakcast. They can send us them to us on through email uh, at leak mail at leakcastpodcast.com that's our email and they can try to send them to us on uh, discord which is uh, discord.g slash leakcast in our roundtable section yeah awesome uh so from there we're going to move on into mail fight first you email... read the first one so it's not fucking seven thousand words for me do you want let you read the first one Yes, I don't have to read the fucking... Yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. ...monster. Uh, this one's from Pards. He says, Hey, Leakcast, it's Pards. I've been seeing a lot of cri- criticism of control word purchases, mostly from LS. It boils down to being uh, determined... Detrimental to the supports item builds because they build a ton of pink. What do you think is the ideal time to purchase pinks for supports slash for your lane? Should AD carries buy more than one? I'm a gold one support player, and I think I understand when, when and when not to. Uh... What sport, if any, do you guys follow most out of eat sports? Uh, shower is that showered? Yeah, showered, showered recently with socks on. Oh my god, and regretted it immediately. Still waiting for grilled cheese stream parts. <laughs> so, uh, bringing back yes. some, bringing back some old memes with the shower socks. Yeah, fucking that's gross. Um, <laughs> do you follow any I, sports outside of esports? I used to follow a little bit of hockey, but like it's not super interesting i like sometimes following like like mixed martial arts events and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. nothing crazy but i'll i'll watch pretty much any sport if it's on mm-hmm. but i don't actively follow like any sports at this point the the closest i would say is like the fucking uh and i don't i don't know if you've seen these at all um but like the guy who does the marble runs like sand marble rally and like marble olympics I, I, it's not it's a very niche thing but he's just like having the absolute time of his life like building these ridiculous marble courses and it's so low stakes and it's just a very like relaxing thing to watch and like it just doesn't matter at all <laughs> i've seen the comment i think i've seen them like he's, he's been doing them for like a long time right because i think yeah. i remember seeing them like years ago but that's funny yeah um outside of that again yeah like i'll, I'll watch just about anything if it's on um but i, I don't really follow any sports avidly uh so down to the league of legends question that we're more qualified to talk about than traditional sports um criticizing control work purchases we talked about it a little bit you know the biggest issue is they don't get their items um but his question is when is the ideal time to purchase pinks should 80 carries buy them should you buy more than one um i think almost never should you base and buy more than one control ward um because if you're going to need to like immediately place and replace it Mm -hmm. then you probably were placing it poorly in the first place and probably are placing it poorly in the second place um i think early pink wards 
are really good and i think late pink wards are really good i think sometimes in the mid game people get carried away with buying too many um and i think especially people undervalue how good they are in like further back positions where it's like mm -hmm. you know super common that you'll see them in like the river bush or in tribrush and they're gonna get cleared out but like if you put one on just your red buff or like your ward by your by your krugs it's like it's not providing a ton of value often but it's just gonna be there for eight minutes and like that angle's always covered yeah. and between that and your regular trinket wards like you can be very very safe i mean like a, a great example is um so like on mid lane you have the the pixel bush like on the way to like top or bottom right mm -hmm. you have like little pixel bush placing your pink ward in the pixel bush is great because you you see fucking every single entrance whatever it's great value that being said it's gonna get cleared way more than playing it a little bit more conservative putting it in the bush that wraps around to blue buff or whatever um like that bush like it will get seen on invade. You'll probably see like some people sneak by. Uh, you'll probably won't get as much vision out of it because it's not protecting mid as hard. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, it's not going to get killed like nearly as often as like the pixel brush horde, right? And it's like just yeah. kind of like a value proposition of like your value of the gold versus the value of what it sees, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think right there's the conversation we kind of already had about it, where it's like if you you know when you're placing it one of the big things is like, okay, if you do place it to clear a ward, they mm -hmm. know where your control ward is and they can clear it out rather quickly or they can path around it. So you lose some value there, but you also get back the 30 gold for killing a ward. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also the put it somewhere where they're not going to know about it and they're only ever going to find out if it like, you know, foils a gank or they waste a ward into that bush. Um, and then prio, I think is a huge thing where people waste control wards all the time where like you, they place it right before they base or they, you know, they finally get relief in a lane because the enemy lane like recalled and they're like, ah, I'm going to get my control ward into the tri brush now. And then the, the Lux Caitlyn is back and they're pushing you under tower and that ward does not last. Yeah. Um, I guess like a good rule of thumb is like, Figure out what items you're pushing for, right? Like, if you're a support and you need to get your mandate, mandate's fucking important, right? You shouldn't be yeah. delaying your mandate to pick up double pink ward, right? If you finish your mandate and your next item is, like, such that you're playing a character that doesn't have, like, a great second item, right? Like, like Soraka likes to go Moonstone into Redemption. Both those are very, very important, right? But after I get my Moonstone to Redemption on Soraka, my next item is, like, an Ardent Sensor, maybe. It's, like, not as important. At that point, I think buying pink wards is a pretty fucking good use of your money. But before mm. that, I really need to hit those two items, right? Yeah, like, I also... That's a good I, way to think of it. I, I definitely agree with, like, look for your spikes. I also think support players, like, criminally under-purchase the Vigilant Wardstone. Like, you mm -hmm. get a lot of health and AP and ability haste. Like, obviously not as much as a legendary, but it costs 1,100 gold and it counts as a legendary. And, again, you know, what's going to be better? You know, me finishing my third item uh ardent sensor well i you know i'm gonna be on just the forbidden idol and an amp tome for like four minutes while the other support might have that completed ward stone and be doing things and can buy yeah. control wards now yeah no for um, sure it, 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 it's like a hard balance like don't get me wrong the whole discussion point is that people at the like lck level are buying too many right so like it's very common for everyone to do it i mean fucking <laughs> I, I love him to death fucking uh blake uh from blala um i remember like 
this is like two years ago at this point, right? Um, he would do this thing where he'd uh, be a support, right? He'd have his three wards plus like two pinks or whatever. He'd walk out of base, run into wherever like the fight's happening, drop all three of his wards, drop his pink, um, and then reset for more wards. <laughs> <laughs> like if you he drop all three of his wards within like five seconds of each other, and it's like, do people just fucking put their shit down? Like they just, people just want to place their stuff, and it's like yeah. sometimes you have to actually put more thought into it. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's there's, there's definitely now, I, I think people don't like consider the cost of their wards and like the opportunity cost of having to base to refill them, and yeah. I'm I'm criminally bad at that. We're like. I will go and it's like, okay, oh, we're trying to play for dragon. Let me drop three wards immediately around dragon and two of them are going to be cleared 10 seconds later. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, that happens at fucking at every elo. It's crazy. Like, dragon, like, the fucking game-winning fight will be happening, and you'll see your support recalling because their wards are out. And it's like, you need wards, mm-hmm. for sure. But it's like, the the right decision is just maybe not placing the ones that are going to get killed so you still have them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, hopefully that's helpful pards. Uh, on to the next email from, let me scroll all the way down from Trent. Let me scroll all the way oh, back yeah. up. Ooh. I wrote this short story after listening to the pod and just kept going and going. Had a lot of fun writing this, but didn't want it to be too long. Well, it's about a page and a half, almost two pages. <laughs> it's that's fine. We're going we're gonna to cruise on through it for you, Trent. A long time ago, the powerful kingdoms of League Cast reigned. Within this kingdom, protected by the King's Guard, was the Blue Basket, said to make all the land within the kingdom fertile for farming. One day, the Blue Basket was stolen by an ancient evil known as Large Dad. No one had ever seen this being and lived to tell the tale. It was said that it resides in a deep cave within Pard's Bay. After the Blue Basket was stolen, the land began to rot and began become nothing more than dirt and the kingdom was no longer bearing the bountiful harvest it once was king lardout called the kingdom to a gathering once many of the villagers had arrived he spoke to his subjects we need a brave champion to make the voyage to retrieve the blue basket this trek isn't an easy one once leaving the gates it will be three days travel through elo hell to get to the pards bay where the basket can be acquired is anyone brave enough to volunteer Silence gathered amongst the crowd, and some whiskers could be whispers could be heard, and then the silence was broken. I'll do it, says. Oh, wait, actually, you need to say this part because it's you. Just, just say I'll do it. Rip, he's gone because he knew it was going to be long. <laughs> I'll do it, says a young man in the crowd. His hair blonde as the wheat fields. It was none other than Owen Wilson. The crowd was shocked, and King Lardout nodded his head to the man and spoke strongly to aid in your quest i'll be assembling a band of three warriors to help you and give you this the king handed him a sword and a luminescent blue sparkling rock that shined almost unnaturally this sword is called the kraken slayer said to take down even the strongest foes with a single blow and the stone named male fight with the power of the stone you can point at enemy at any enemy and say wow to defeat the enemy the band of warriors I provided you with is called the G2 Army, the strongest, wisest, and most loyal the kingdom has to offer. And with that, Owen Wilson was on his way. A day's travel had passed, and our party had come to the plains of Elo Hell, a red and burning wasteland that went on for miles. As the tip of the plain stood, a single 15-foot-tall knight with jet-black black armor 
with the word Nice written across it. As the G2 army approached, they decided it was best to strategize on how to beat the Nice knight. They had decided to use the Stone of Malefight. Owen Wilson approached the knight graciously, pointed the stone in his hand at the knight, and commanded of the phrase, Wow! A beam of sparkling light emitted from the stone, encasing the knight in diamond where he would be stuck forever. With the knight defeated by the G2 army, they decided to progress forward past the Iron Gate. The land was hot and unforgiving, and after another day of travel, the G2 army was exhausted and wanted to look for shelter from the heat. They then came across what looked like a chapel with the letters LS written on the door. The G2 army warily approached the church. God, I need to take a minute to get some water. <laughs> um... The, uh, the G2 army warily approached the church, and once they got to the first step, a deep voice roared, What do you seek? The party then replied, We would like to escape Elo Hell. And the doors opened to the inviting vision and pews and many stained glass images. After realizing the Church of LS was an escape from the terrors of Elo Hell, they camped out for the night to start fresh in the morning. Once the morning had come, the G2 army and Owen Wilson were, were out on the move once again. The final day's travel should bring them to Pards Bay, where they can defeat Large Dad and retrieve the Blue Basket. So they set off back into Elo Hell. After traveling a few hours, they came across a single person on the side of the road who looked like they were too battered and beaten by the plains of Elo Hell. The G2 army approached and asked them, Who are you? The man replied, My name is Josh. Can I accompany you? The G2 army, being the great people that they are, decided to allow him to join on their journey. They then traveled for many more hours and came to the end of Elo Hell to be greeted by the beautiful scene of Pards Bay. Beautiful fine white sand and a magnificent body of water to the northeast of the cave where Large Dad resided and where champions would find the blue basket. The G2 army approached the cave and entered. They were immediately greeted by the sight of a large mare standing 20 feet tall with a mane of fire. It spoke somberly. I am large dad. What brings you to my cave? Owen Wilson replied, I seek to return the blue basket to the kingdom of League Gast. Large dad was silent for a second and then said, I will give you the basket if you can make me laugh. Tell me a joke and I will give you the blue basket. The G2 army started talking amongst themselves to determine the best joke they know. And then arose a voice coming from amongst them. It was Josh. And he said, why the long face? Large Dad was quiet at first, his mane roaring, then erupted in laughter for a few seconds. After gathering himself, he told the party it was the best joke he had heard and would return the G2 army uh, and company to the Kingdom of Leadcast using his magic. With a click of his hooves and a flash of light, they had appeared back in the town center of Leadcast. King Larda was nearby and welcomed them back. After the dust had settled, they realized that they did not have the blue basket with them and thought they had been tricked. So they ran to where the blue basket was normally kept within the kingdom, and there it lay, pristine condition, with a single note on the basket that read, Sorry for the length of this email. Trent. Hell yeah. What a story. Trent Trent owes me $25 for my voice acting. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> it was not great. I feel like I, I got so was, monotone at the end. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the next one's from Luke, though. Um, and thank says, you for the email, Trent. Um, I think maybe in the future two-page short stories might go into the discord but <laughs> it was good uh we we yeah. do appreciate it 
Next one's from Luke. He says, uh, hey guys, first off, I apologize for jo JoJo spoilers on my last email. <laughs> While watching L LEC and LCS, I've been uh, thinking uh, the broadcast and production teams should be less hesitant about copying each other. For example, in the game overlay, LEC shows gold advantages between players in each role, and LCS shows team gold advantages. As a viewer, I think both are great and wonder why both why don't, don't, they don't use both. I don't think that they... Uh, I don't think they can't figure out how to do it, or if that's the case, I doubt the creative teams would refuse to help each other. Another one is the con uh, content with players and teams. I think LCS has done a great job lately, but I uh, but it seems like each region forced themselves to create something uh, each uh, time when they could imitate something that already exists and has been well received by the community. I guess a concern might be that people uh, or region that came up with the idea might not get credit for subs subsequent success, um, but there should be a way to acknowledge or compensate them. If there's a rule within Riot that stops region from doing this i think it might be bad for the ecosystem as a whole curious to hear what your thoughts are p.s um i had figured out um how to have a good climb this season but two weeks ago i went on a losing streak and destroyed my <laughs> mental uh so i have taken a break from league for the uh, sake of my sanity school also started up again i've been busy uh during the week so far i've been stuck watching pro and playing some norms on sundays but i'm planning to get back on the climb soon with a more thoughtful approach sorry for the colossal email take care luke Good. I'm glad you're taking a break from mental. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, as for the different regions having like different broadcasts and styles and graphics, I, I do think there is definitely room for a lot of it to be shared and that could mm -hmm. be nice. But I think at like the end of the day, all of these people like are artists and creators mm -hmm. that like at their core want to try to do things in a unique way and a little bit differently so you know they're not going to immediately take to like let's copy x format from other region um but I, it would be nice especially i think for some of those like informational tools for them to be available across the board and I think a lot of that has more to do with Riot Games than the individual broadcasts mm -hmm. where like I should be able to go and watch the game on lolesports.com and have all of that information available to me, even if it wasn't in the overlay of the original broadcast. Yeah, and I think they do a decent job, like on the like uh, lol esports. But I don't think very many people use lol esports at all. I think most people just use Twitch or YouTube or whatever, which is kind of shitty. Um, yeah, well, they also a lot of times don't get the vods up on there until like a day and a half later. <laughs> yeah, I just meant like the tools and stuff, like the uh, goal mm -hmm. differences and stuff like that between players. Um, but yeah, I think it's weird. So like, I, I do think you're completely right that the fact that like they are like creators, artists, whatever, and you like, if you're someone who's part of the production team on uh, like LCS, for example, you want your product to be unique, right? You want when someone looks at it, go, oh, this is LCS production, right? And you, that's something you take pride in. That being said, it does suck when like, I think, yeah, LEC having individual goal differences is fucking awesome. Um, I think the way they do stacks on stuff like ASOL is like way better than the way LCS does it. Um, so stuff like that is a little sad when you see like other regions. Um, that being said, I understand why it's that way. It's not, because they want to, they fuck. We don't want to copy LEC. It's because they want to do their thing unique to themselves and have their own unique product. But yeah, that's I don't know. It's interesting. I I think that like they could be done. The only issue I have is when fucking uh, features are locked behind sponsorships, right? Like um, mm. when the master when Mastercard is sponsoring LCS, so you have the Mastercard Mythic, which is awesome. But then when Mastercard isn't sponsoring LCS, you no longer see when someone gets the first mythic of the game. <laughs> like that's what I hate. Yeah. <laughs> but uh huh. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, on to the next one from Joe Bungus. Hey, Leadcast. Recently, my rank games have been going super well. Swapped my role from bot to top uh, this game and decided to main Cassante as he is by far the most fun champion I've played in League. He's also super broken, so after I put in a good amount of games and got Mastery 7, I feel very proficient with the champ, and I can carry some games back from the brink of hell if I'm fed. I currently have a 60% win rate with Cassante, and 55-60% to 60% win rates on my other champions. Yet I am still unable to climb because I unfortunately get plus 16, minus 28. Uh, that's only 4 LP away from losing double of what I win. That means that even if I have a near 70% win rate, I still will not be able to climb. I do not know why this is happening because I'm currently season 3 and I finished silver er, silver 4 and silver 3 currently finished silver 4 last season. Uh, having MMR this bad now makes ranked games feel pointless to play because even if I go on a 9 game win streak like I did a couple days ago, uh, it ends up being almost neutral LP gains because I lost 3 games afterwards. I now feel like it is impossible for me to climb and that has rank made my ranked anxiety far worse than normal. I don't know what to do. It feels like Riot doesn't want me to play their game. Thanks, Joe Bungus. Um, I mean, eventually your LP gains and losses will level out. I think I, I would have to like look, but when you say plus 16 minus 28... I would imagine those are probably more the extremes and it's closer maybe to like plus 18 minus 26, which is still awful. So I do have his account pulled up. It, so this is probably like from a couple weeks back because we've been backlogged. It looks like his gains were plus 16 minus like 28. Um, but Jesus. he's played maybe, I don't know, 30 games since then. And now his gains are like plus 23, plus 24. He got a plus 26 in there even uh, and minus mm -hmm. like, 23 24 25 so okay. it seems like they've evened out in 30 games since then <laughs> yeah which i think especially uh like in in silver they should level out pretty quickly um and, and it it feels bad to be playing at a 60 or even 66 percent win rate and not climbing believe me i did that for like 200 games <laughs> um mm -hmm. where like i i think i needed 60 like i think i needed 58 percent plus to be able to go positive over like a long term uh which normally like 51 percent should net positive if you're you know mmr isn't entirely fucked um but yeah i mean it it, it feels bad it does seem like there's also some just whack shit um going on mm -hmm. with like the, so like I think a lot of people do just cry about their stuff. That being said, I've definitely seen Reddit threads and I've gone into them, like people like being like, oh, my my gains are so fucked. And then they link their account and it's actually like, oh, this is actually kind of fucked, man. And it's like, yeah. this is like the first season where I've gone into like those threads expecting to like flame these people and expecting every comment to be like, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, and then everyone's like, oh no, Riot just fucking hates you. And it feels like there's probably some sort of bug on the back end with regards to like going up tiers. It feels like, because it seems like his gains fixed after he went from silver four to silver three. Um, it feels like there's some sort of bug man with like the tiers, but I, 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 I don't have enough data to like confirm or deny that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those where like, I'm very much for like, fuck it with the fucking smoke and mirrors and having two numbers even though matchmaking is based off of one number just like okay just have one number have one public number tell us how it works 
mm-hmm. like because because this stuff feels really really bad and like there's probably a reason and maybe the reason is a bug or maybe the reason is something else like maybe he played you know a thousand games in bronze one last season before ending like silver four who knows mm-hmm. um yeah it's weird. but like just like don't hide it so that we can understand why these wonky things happen yeah but hey good luck sure. in your climb if you again if you can actually maintain 60 percent even 55 percent that's ridiculously good you will climb yeah for sure uh next one's from hex and he says hey guys quick question right just uh has just released a paid function where you could pay ten dollars to reset your mmr once per season is this fucked or not fucked Hexen. so this is not fucked for colton and i this is fucked for every single person who's like in that M- mmr reset range though like it's crazy how many people I, i've i've seen on our discord over like the years say that they want something to hard reset their marks like their accounts fucked most of these people are in that range where if they had this feature they would constantly just be getting shit on by challenger players who are buying resets like i don't know it's it's a bad yeah. system i understand it, the idea the idea is that it does feel bad when you're on an account that you want to play on it feels like you'd have a better chance playing on a different account but like i'm telling you man this is only bad for you <laughs> yeah and I, the, part of the issue is that like it's gonna have to reset you really low because like you can't yeah. you, you can't have this and then let like an iron player purchase their way into silver mm-hmm. right like you're gonna have to set it at like bronze four is what your mmr gets reset to and then like do you do you really want to like play through all that um yeah. I, I think that like what would be nice is like not i guess not like a full hard reset but just like a, a loosening where it's like like let my gains and losses go big again which they kind of have already done um but like again we, there's just so little clarity on like how the MMR algorithm actually works that people would probably do this and make it worse more often than not. Yeah. I don't know. Thanks for the email. Hexen. Uh, Next one from Batam. Hey, Lee Cast Dudes, long-time listener, first time writing in. I wanted to ask your guys' opinion on something that's been troubling me. I downloaded League in late 2019 and quickly fell in love with the game, specifically the ranked grind. The last two seasons, my first two full seasons, I finished gold four, and this season I was determined to do my best to hit platinum, a goal I thought might take me a while, but it was definitely in reach. With resolve to keep my mental strong, play my strongest roles, and only my most mastered champs, Uh, I play mid and top with a champion pool of about seven or eight characters. I finished my placements in high silver and quickly got back to gold. A week ago, I won my platinum promo series 2-0 and achieved my goal much faster than I had anticipated. I was quite pumped. The next day, I was laid off at work. No big deal, getting severance and have multiple prospects lined up. Hey, guess good for you, man. Uh, And so I find myself with a bunch of time uh, this week, and I thought, might as well see how hard it is in plat. Exactly one week later, I'm emailing you guys with the words promoted to Diamond 4, glaring at me on my second monitor. I know it's a bit crazy, but this is what has me concerned. I consider myself to be a pretty unskilled player mechanically, definitely wasn't running over my lane opponent, and obviously I was losing more LP than I was gaining for most of the climb, though not as much as I expected. Am I boosted? I'm puzzled by how quickly I was able to climb, and for the first time ever since playing this game, I'm scared that I might not belong in the elo that I'm currently in. 
is the new LP system responsible? I know this is different from most people's experience in ranked, but I don't feel like my gameplay has really improved uh, by 800 LP from last season. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Apologies for the email length. Batam. Okay. <laughs> yes, Paul. <laughs> oh, no. So we don't usually look at OP.GD. <laughs> Since sending this email, he has fallen to gold one. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at your experience, but I, I usually don't click on OP.GD. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Okay, I'm <laughs> you're you're a bully, Aiden. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer his question seriously, right? So, right, there's no way for us to know if like you belonged diamond or not, and I think right in this case, like you went back down to gold one. Um, I think what this shows is right, like that at your best you are a D four player, and at your worst maybe you're a gold four player, and that the issue really is consistency and a lot of that consistency comes from in-game things but also comes from out-of-game things right like maybe this year you had a better sleep schedule and were eating better and maybe that's why you're a higher rank i think those things do matter maybe you have learned things and internalized some things and mastered some skills that you don't really feel like you've gotten better but you have gotten better um and and i think certainly if you got to d4 once you could do it again yeah. it might not be as easy the second time um and you know not not to like i i, I wasn't actually kind of laughing i think it's very funny like hearing this like holy shit dude I, I need to check out this guy's like profile and i click and then <laughs> i'm like oh is this the wrong guy um but like the reality is like you're still he's gold run one right now he's still like 400 points higher than his peak last year you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and right, like that's that's improvement. And different people take different amount of time to improve. And I think how you approach the game definitely matters. Like someone seriously grinding for improvement and like working on fundamentals and like reviewing their games and actively trying to get better, I think can climb very quickly. There's a, there's a huge difference between somebody doing that and someone just like spamming a thousand games of Teemo and never escaping silver one. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, I mean, like I, it, it happens. I, I think a lot of players fluctuate in ELO quite a bit. I think most players are closer to like a two or 300 ELO bubble where like, let's say you're a D three player, you bounce between like D four on the verge of demotion and D two, where like maybe you're a gold four player and sometimes you drop to silver, but other times you get up to like gold two, almost gold mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, players like me and Trevor have a much wider window where we on a given day can be a plat one player or, you know, a master's 200, 300 point player. Um, that, that I think is less common. Yeah. I mean, uh, fucking Trevor literally in the last two weeks went from uh, master tier to plat two to master tier. Yeah. Like in two weeks. Like that's crazy. Mm hmm. Um, and I think the new LP system, it just makes those move, moves faster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, right, if the system is working, which I think generally it does, you'll end up where you should be. And so, again, maybe you had a really hot streak and you were playing like a diamond player for that. Maybe that hot streak ended and that's why you're back to gold one. But, like, don't let that discourage you. You can certainly get it back. Yeah, especially if you're willing to play this many games, right? You've played, like, 
500 mm-hmm. games like if you're willing to play 500 games in that amount of time like it, you'll you can you can end wherever you want <laughs> is like the reality mm. so uh cool keep it up man um next is from large daddy says yes 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 a horse walks into a bar and the bartender asks why the long face the horse replies my wife has terminal cancer ciao hey the the horse the long face joke was featured in the short story you Hell you yeah. preempted large dad's joke except for his was an anti-joke yeah um you want to read the last email of the show yeah we'll go ahead and do that and then we'll get into the patron list uh, hello, my name's Carnival. First time emailing and really appreciate your guys' thoughts and insights into the game as a lower ranked player. For better or for worse, I'm a hard Illawi one trick that peaked at gold one after failing plat promos three times. I was curious, what do you guys think uh, on if Illawi will ever see play at the higher ranks or pro play or if her weak points like no to at very best situational mobility and zero hard c and her largely isolated play style and lane are too limiting thanks for your thoughts carnival um again i said it before i'll say it again i think there is not a single character in the game that you that that like a capable player could not hit gm playing realistically probably challenger if not rank one like Mm -hmm. if you take the rank play one player from any server and say i'll give you twenty five thousand dollars if you can hit rank one with x character i don't think there's a character they couldn't do it on yeah. it might take them some time but i don't think any character is like so weak that they cannot be played especially just... in in the solo queue unorganized environment yeah i i, I like i looked into this a little bit as well so alawi's also just really good right now right she's actually mm-hmm. like the best she's been in a while she's like uh, on u.gg she's in s s plus tier she's 51 percent win rate she has really really good matchup spread versus like uh like card characters right now um she beats stuff like mordecai or she beats stuff like kennen which is like like counters she beats stuff like olaf which fucking seals like he has zero counters she's really really good um so like start with that um and then also um i would recommend um it sounds like you're probably newer to the game because it sounds like you're phrasing this from like a will she ever be good um so she's all right right now in pro play um she's been played a little bit in minor regions she got played um literally yesterday by um team bliss in uh lco and she fucking just hard carried the game <laughs> um she's she's been played 22 times this season right um so the I'm sorry, she's been pick and banned 40 times a season. That's a better way to put it. Um, that being said, she in Season 10, if you go back to fucking Season 10 in League of Legends, she was, like, a good character. Uh, like, actually, like, picked, like, 100 times or something crazy. Um, so she's had times that she's been really good. This is a, not a bad time to be an Alawi player, though, by any means. But I would definitely yeah. recommend using GOL. It's Games of Legend. They have, like, stats for, like, all the characters and roles and stuff like that. It's fun to, like if you're a one trick like for example i like tom kench top um it's fun for me finding the games of people playing him in minor regions right because he's still played every once in a while top lane uh he's not good but like <laughs> it's it's fun to watch and i would never know those games unless i like went had it like a site like this so mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah i, I agree with you i think Alawi is is quite strong right now um and again it's tough but like if if you are a gold one Alawi player it's because you're a gold one player Uh, you know right now and you know you just gotta you know work on improving and i think you know there is definitely something to be said about if you only play one character if like you are a true one trick pony that you probably don't know the role as well as you should Mm -hmm. um you know 
there's a lot of like bad habits you can learn of like this is how you play top lane as an alawi but that's not how you play top lane and i think that that can really bite you in a lot of situations where like your team doesn't know how to react to that or you get these misconceptions that this is how you're supposed to do things and it's just not the case um like imagine if I learned top lane only playing Tom Kench. Like I obviously played top lane a shitload before I played Tom Kench. It's like I I do shit like uh, on Tom Kench Colton where uh, if the wave's really bad, I'll eat the enemy laner and drag them away from the wave so it pushes. Um, imagine if I learned top lane with shit like that, and then I went to go play like Darius, and I'm like, oh, how do I pull them away from the wave? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or like you know, if you're a Skarner one trick and like my goal is to get them under my tower so I can stun them for four seconds under my tower. And that's the only thing I know how to do. And it's like, okay, but what if you can't freeze? Yeah. And you're just like, what, what do you mean? What if I can't freeze? That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, definitely. You, you learn a lot from playing other characters in your role. I mean, just in general, like playing other stuff, right? If you like take a season to learn jungle, Oh my God. Imagine playing top lane, but you also understand jungle pathing like really well. Like how much better does that make your top lane? Like, mm. Yeah, so uh, best of luck with your climb. By no means do you have to give up Elawi. Again, you know, if you stick to her and focus on improvement, no reason why you can't hit Platinum, Diamond, like whatever your goal is. It's just a matter of putting in the work and, and getting there. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. All right, so uh, with that, do we want to, I guess, let me do the Patreon list and then we'll do our little little wrap up? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Uh, so uh, thank you to all of our patrons. We normally do this at the first of the month. We're a little bit or one week behind this time. But without further ado, our wall of support. Uh, thank you to A, Aaron, Actual Yordle, Adrian, Adrian, sadly not Joshua, Alex, Alice, uh, or Elise, Andrew, Angel Holic, Armis, Arsonist, Austin, Benton, Blabby, Blooper, Boba Solo, Brady, Breedable Soraka, Brian, Brosif, Brybump, Camiril, Chaz, Cheese for Real, Chuzix, Coastal Toast, Kodio, Colton, Dabular, Dallin, Danman, David the Deadly Tiger, Ghost, Leal, Dekar, Decopaw, Diggity Daxter, Dr. Libby, Don't Be Creative, Dr. Coconuts, Dr. Herferferfer, Dragoon, Dream Villain J, Drew, Dylan, Eva Unit 99, Finner, Frozen Ninja, Gabriel, Gun Bunny 119, Gunner, Harley, H Fire, Hoogabin, Herks, I Cosplay Gragas, Jake, Jamal, Jody, J Picante, Jeff, Jesse, Jesse, Jigmink, Jisoo, Joby, John, Jorge, Josh, 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 Joshua, Josh, Josh Plank, Joshua, Calzafar, Chaos Reaper, Kevin, Kieran, Clon Amy, Koi the Monkey Boy, Conrad, Cracked Patzer, Crambone, Landon, Leafide, Lacona, Lispsync, Lucas, Madeline, Man Mannington, Marshall, Martin, Mary Makes No Sense, Matt, Max and Mox, Michael, Mijkel, Milkman, Miscreated, Monty, Mr. Ginger, Muse Guy, My Balls, Your Gin, Mystic, Nathan, Nathan, Nikoj, Nicole, Noah, NYC Poem, Oscar, Panda Bear 9, Papa Kush Ivern, Pards Bay, Pocky, Raphael, Rattlesnake Jake, Red Lefty, RJ, Flynn, Ryan, 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 Samuel, Sejuani's Baby Daddy, Seth, Skydrill, Stu, Stuart, Sunny, Sunny Pebble, T Hubs, Thane, The Last Samurai, Thomas, Titties and Biddies, Tiscotlam, 
Ty, Ty, Wallace, Womper, Will, Wolf, Wolfie, Wyatt, Zod, X Strong, Yumi with a Gun, Zach, and Xiaomin. That's all of them. And that leads us to our wrap-up. If you want to give us an email for MailFight, you can send it to us at mail at leaguecastpodcast.com. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash kinglardout, forward slash bluebasket, or forward slash leaguecastfrost. Make sure you are following leaguecastfrost because he's got a tournament coming up next week. Uh, you can tweet at us, twitter.com forward slash leaguecast. Hit us up on, face, uh, on Facebook, just search for leaguecast. You can check out our website, leaguecastpodcast.com. Join our Discord at discord.gg forward slash leaguecast. That's where everything's happening. You can respond to roundtable, get in on the conversations. Uh, and finally, if you want to be on that wall of support I just read, you can support us going to patreon.com forward slash leaguecast. And I don't think there's anything else to do on the show, so all we have to do is say goodbye. Bye. Bye.